Welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is, if you could repeat one day in your life, forever and ever, what day would that be? The panel is open. November 4th, 2016. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All yeah. right. A, a, yeah. a bold, a bold claim. <laughs> but you know Truly. what? We'll take it. I was going to say 9-11, but I think that tops it. <laughs> this is a terrible start to the episode. <laughs> Do y'all think there's... Maybe the day Trump got coronavirus, because that was one of you the funniest days in day. human history. That was, you know a good day. that was a funny day. For folks who are terminally online, which I'm sadly one of those, that was a great day. It was a good day. Online. It was, yeah. it was very yeah. funny. Do you, guys on... think, do you think there'll be yeah. a come from away for the day Trump was elected? <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm gonna write. Yeah, we need. Listen, we are for we are for want of more documentary musical theater. And what's a more important thing to uh, put on record than that glorious day in the world? Um, yeah. Speaking of glorious days, um, today's episode is, of course, about the 1993 feature film Groundhog Day, directed by Harold Ramis, and its subsequent musical theater adaptation of the same name. Uh, with a book by Danny Rubin and music and lyrics by Tim Minchin. Uh, as always, our wonderful producer and editor, Bran Moorhead, is here. Hello, Bran. Hello, everyone. I'm coming to you from a undisclosed location in the Ozark Mountains. So it's great to be out of the city, but great to be back podcasting, even remote. <laughs> it's, I was going to say, that's not a bit for anyone who's questioning. Bran, it's not, no. Th- I'm not in Punxsutawney. They are... <laughs> Actually, somewhere mysterious in the Ozarks, and we love that for them. Uh, and our special guest today, uh, she is amazing. I'm, you know, sometimes I make hyperbolic claims. Sometimes I do, oh but I, I never get ready. I'm winding <laughs> up here. Um, she, our guest today, she is. I'm gonna say this: one of the funniest people I know, like oh. top five. Uh, I'm gonna say this. Ben. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. I, I, I said it. It's oh, that's Esther a lot Fa- of pressure. It's <laughs> Esther Fallick. And I'm sorry if if maybe this episode won't prove that. <laughs> maybe it will. I don't know. I'm thrown down the gauntlet. But she's here. Esther Fallick uh, is our wonderful guest. She's a writer, actor, comedian, just very, very good and funny person. Who, the last time I saw you, Esther... First of all, thank you for being here. Oh, it's honestly an honor. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk about this amazing movie and fucking amazing musical. Um, We're going to dig into it. We'll dig in. We're going to dig into it. I'm just excited to be here and so excited to see you, too, and have this chance to talk with you. Yes. So Esther and I know each other from... Uh, summer camp, undisclosed yes. uh, <laughs> theater summer camp from yeah, decades exactly. ago. Um, yeah, yeah. And the last time I saw Esther, she was doing a show all about films being adapted into musicals. <clears throat> That's right. Yes. Um, 
it's yeah and if you want to talk more about yeah, that absolutely the show is called movies musicals and me and it was a parody musical theater cabaret that i wrote with a couple of good friends i don't know if anyone who listens to you knows star kid it was they probably do they yeah. probably do so it's associated yeah, with star kid it was turned into a web series by star kid and the premise was we would take movies that should never be adapted into musicals write songs for them as if they were adapted into musicals and do them in write those songs as if they were adapted by existing composers cool and it was a very it was a flexible document you know so <laughs> it was a living document so we were able to write new songs as you know you saw it in 2016 but we were doing it, it as late as 2020 we did it at UCB for a while. We did it at 154 Below. Yeah. And by the end, we had all these, like, duets and trios even. Like, my absolute favorite one was we had... Well, I'll tell you a couple. <clears throat> Please. We had... My my favorite one that is a good luck charm, we never did a show without it, was uh, The Terminator the Musical by sure. Jason Robert Brown. Oh my god! And that was just me making fun of how many songs, how many contemporary musical theater songs were like about being on the road. Of yes. really strange, they're all like, <laughs> "I'm on the road and I'm looking out the window and I'm thinking yeah. about her." You know? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and and the her in this case is Sarah Connor. Is Sarah Connor? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and then we had. As time went on, we had a great uh, Wolf of Wall Street in the style of The Music Man. Great. Which okay. was a fun combo there. It was Meredith Wilson's Jr.'s Wolf of Wall Street, The Musical. Mm-hmm. And then my absolute favorite, and I'll note, very eggy of me for this to be the last song we ever wrote, Pasek and Paul's The Matrix, The Musical. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we realized that both The Matrix and Pascal and Paul are known for their platitudes. <laughs> sure. You know? <laughs> you know? You, you that know, one seems a- like the worst outcome to me. Like, if it were made reality, that seems like the worst one of those three you just listed. Listen, <laughs> the other listen, two are smash hits. Listen, yeah, a, song call, a song called You Will Be Found would fit in the world of The Matrix. I'm right? sorry. Yeah. It's true. It's it thematically resonant. Would. Yeah. It is. Yeah, this um, is me. This is me. <laughs> I do have ports in my head. <laughs> don't we all maybe um yeah. well speaking of uh media about the flimsy nature of reality how's that for a segue uh that was pretty good that was really good uh, you know what i do what i can Welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about no, movies no. that have been turned into musicals. No, I am no. your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is, 
Is this Bill Murray's best performance? Is that what we're saying? 100%. One, yeah? 100%. I actually think and, it's... And Harold Ramis' best movie, I think. Yes. Probably, yes. I think not it's... Year, not year one? Are we not saying that? <laughs> <laughs> not year one. No. Yeah. I think it's the only, like, comedy made by a bunch of cis white men with, like, kind of actually really genuinely good message. I was, I was yeah. really, so, so of course, yeah, we're gonna, before we get into musical talk, we're talking about the movie Groundhog Day from 1993, directed by Harold Ramis, uh, written by Ramis and Danny Rubin, right. who would, who also wrote the book for the stage show, which we'll talk about in a bit. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I was really struck this time by, honestly, because obviously it's very funny, it's very witty, it has that sort of, like, dry humor that Murray is so good at. But I was really mm-hmm. struck by, like, the how poignant moments of it were. Like, the whole, yeah. the whole section with him trying to revive the old man. Like, that sort of montage of him trying to, like, keep him from dying. Is just, and obviously mm-hmm. they, they sort of hit on that in the stage show. But it's it was really hit by the, the poignancy and sort of... Because obviously, I, I know... I did some research and sort of read up on the movie. Danny Rubin's original screenplay was less comedic, I suppose. Mm. There were still elements, but it was definitely much more of a more serious film than, I guess, more of a funny drama than a dramatic comedy, which it sort of ended up being. Um, But, I mean, I was just hit sort of by those uh, elements this time around. Now, Esther, this was another sort of moment where... I feel you you came to I think I threw I threw out some ideas at you but you were like I really want to do Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um and obviously we can sort of we'll get to the musical but sort of like as a movie like what is it about Groundhog Day that sort of really hits with you? Well, I first of all I loved everything you said about it. I think that's totally spot on and this was a musical and a movie that that hit me at a really specific time. I found myself at the beginning of the pandemic in the first three months or so, really returning to this story over and over because there's all of these questions when you're, when you take away all the distractions of life, you know, and the, these questions of, well, how do we find meaning? What is the purpose here? Mm-hmm. That every day felt exactly the same. I was alone for the first few months of pandemic too. And I was also, <clears throat> now this is a term, a uh, bit of terminology that I'll, I'll define here. Please. And I, I know we got some they's in the chat, so maybe I don't need to define <laughs> them for y'all, but no, like, go for it. Um, it, it was a time when I was cracking my egg you know? Sure. And I'll just, just in case people on the, when the listeners don't know, but like, uh, an egg is a trans person who doesn't yet know that they're a trans person. And so when you're cracking okay. your egg, it's like, you know, I have a joke in my standup about, you know, people will ask what cracked your egg. And you'll be like the episode where Timmy Turner was a girl. It, it sure. cracked my egg, you know? <laughs> and something that cracked my egg was, spending three months alone with my thoughts and (laughs) realizing that I had maybe been distracting myself uh, purposefully. And 
that when I actually had to sit down and be with myself, there was so much of me that I wasn't exploring. And I feel like this is a movie that really explores that. Like it talks about, and okay, look, I'm just going to go straight please, to my, tra- please, I'm going to go straight to my trans reading. We don't you have, have to, to, you know, like, yeah. I think that, uh, Phil Connors is an egg. I think Phil Connors is an egg for the first two thirds of the movie. And he tries out everything he can to make this gender work for him, mm. you know? And you can see all the ways that he's like taking notes, which is something that I really identified with. Like, oh, like, I'll be a good man this way and I'll be a good man this way. And I'll say this thing and I'll say this thing. And then that will successfully blah, blah. But like life isn't about surviving and like making it through by tricking everyone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, It's about finding the, the, the meaning and those opportunities to... Uh, just bring a little more joy into the world yeah. in yourself and in others. And so in the second half or the second, the last third of the movie, I think like after he's, he's tried everything, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to start like living from this other place. And I haven't yet figured out exactly what my trans reading is there. It's not a perfect. <laughs> it's okay. No, you're developing yeah. sure, it. No. Yeah. But I love, I love that. Well, so it's, it's interesting because obviously, you know, that's, I mean, that's the beauty of cinema, right? Like, obviously, like, these people, these, these cis white dudes in, like, the early 90s, like, wrote it, like, with this meaning. But, like, obviously, like, it's, this movie's been around, yeah, for, like, almost, like, 30 years now. Um, and it's, like, it's, yeah, it's, I think that's a fantastically valid reading of the thing. I mean, because, so, like, they wrote it with, like, using, like, the Kubler-Ross like model of of grief is sort of mm. their initial sort of like way of like him sort of dealing with this but i mean that's that's yeah. something that can really be transposed yeah on, onto cracking one's egg it's right it's like like denial and then anger and bargaining depression acceptance and it's like that is just like i mean that's humanity right so it's like i right, think yeah. even with them like using that specific model i think what you're getting at is is fantastically valid i mean and like i mean obviously like so many people have been sort of like learning thing, learning truths about themselves over the past like year and a half because we've had this moment of stasis and sort of, I think that's something that the film really hits on beautifully is like, sometimes you need to slow down. You need to like reassess your, the, the steps from the days you've been in the way you, the ways that you act in certain situations, if you can really process them over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it is again for a Bill Murray nineties comedy. It is like fantastically poignant. Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Not to mention the uh, surface relevance of uh, repeating the same thing over and over and over again during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. As if every day were the same, yes. you know. Well, I mean, like, so yeah, I mean, that's, that is a great point, Brian, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Hello, 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 and 
and welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are, I don't know why everyone's laughing, it's weird. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is, obviously we'll get to today's film in a second, but outside of this one, like, what is your favorite time loop movie? Because it's now, because I feel Ooh. like this was obviously, I feel like this was one of the first, right? I feel oh, like yeah. it sort of yeah. like threw that out, threw the gauntlet <clears throat> down, if you will. Um, mm. But I mean, I, I have a list here of sort of my favorites, but like, what's another sort of like notable time loop movie that really hits for you? That's such a good question, and that brings up something that I wanted to bring up, which is that I'm so fascinated by movies that create subgenres. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm like, damn, like, they really thought of this. (laughs) They really thought of this thing that people do now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. Somebody did. I mean, yeah. every time one of these time loop movies comes out, like, they're gonna talk about Groundhog Day. The movie yes. we're talking about, 1993's totally. uh, Groundhog Day, directed by Harold Ramis, of course. Um, What's your list? I, I need some refreshers so on what even... The big, I mean, there's a big list on Wikipedia you can find, but the, the, mo- the four most notable ones... Um, can I guess? Course, oh. Please guess. Okay. Please, e- Esther, Esther, please guess. Okay. Edge of Tomorrow. Of course. Of course. Oh, of course. Um, Looper's got to be on there. L- you know, I didn't use. I mean, it's lo- not really a time loop, I guess. I mean, it's like a. Yeah, it's, even though it has loop in the name. <laughs> sure. Right, right, right. No, but it's um, yeah, nothing in the. That's time. more of a temporal it, pincer. It, yes, exactly. Yeah, Tenet, I guess, is maybe a time loop movie. Uh, <laughs> if you want to look at bit. it like that. Um, Honestly, that's all I can that, think of. <laughs> so there's another. There's a comedy called Naked. It's oh. a Netflix comedy where a guy keeps oh, waking right. up and he's Marlon naked. Wayans. Whoa. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I remember that. There's, there's Palm Springs. So, yeah, Palm, Palm Springs is on that list. Palm Springs is the big one. And it's like, my favorite. It really these. hit with a lot of people, again, because it came out mm-hmm. last yeah. summer during the pandemic. Yeah. And um, I love that movie a lot. And like it's, that movie a lot. And as someone, as someone who was uh, in the middle of their first year of marriage during the pandemic while sure. watching and that movie wow. is literally all about like these two because uh, it, it's sort of like it's groundhog day but with two people it's like mm. these two random people get stuck in a loop together and it is obviously it's this big metaphor for marriage and like what does it mean to like spend time with the same person in perpetuity and it's mm. really beautiful in that way mm-hmm. um but of course another notable example is the happy death day franchise oh yes those are fun yes which of course like is maybe like a twisted but very fun take on the premise of of what if you are what if you're in a slasher movie and you keep getting murdered and then have to like like it's it's a puzzle i mean i'm a big sucker for puzzles friends and so this this premise just i love it because you see like in Groundhog Day, you see like, oh, like the this is gonna like set this thing off, and then if if mm-hmm. if Phil goes this way, then this thing's gonna happen. It's it really sets off that thing in my mind. But I feel um, like there's a video game that just came out called Death Loop, and ooh, it's you relive sure. the same day over and over again to learn the patterns of what people are doing, so that you can assassinate mm. these all these people in the same day. You know, 
I feel like the message of the movie, though, is like, the real puzzle was the friends we made along the way. Sure. <laughs> Listen, he comes around on Ned Riot. He, like, bankrolls Ned Ryerson's entire, like, insurance. Amazing. Uh, organization. Which, <laughs> I, I haven't seen... Well, this is getting to the musical, but with Ned Ryerson, like, I was sure that there were scenes in the movie where we like learn more about his family and stuff. I forgot that nope. was wholesale for the musical. It is. Yes. They, yep. they, that no, he's, he's brilliantly brought to the screen by Stephen Tobolowsky. Yes. He does a great job, yeah. but no, yeah, he, there is, he only has so much depth. It, I mean, he gets punched a bunch. Uh, <laughs> that is what happens. Um, a, a little gay panic too. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Always I, funny. You know, was that like a was that like a law or something? Was it like in like a movie's like contracts that you had to like have at least one fat joke, oh one gay panic yeah. joke? Sure. Like the sigh that I sighed when the when the waiter was like, "I am gay," and it just moved on. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I actually kind of liked that. I was like, everybody seems okay with it. It's fine. Yeah, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, I yeah. watched Live Your Truth, baby. This week, I watched uh, House, the cla- classic Japanese uh, oh. horror comedy House. So Hell yes. Um, so good. And then I watched Paranorman, which is oh. just a delightfully oh. charming good score. film. And they're both great. John Brion, amazing yeah. score. Um, and like, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I was like, oh, these movies are both charming. They both have fat characters that they keep making fat jokes about. Oh. And I was like, can we just fucking like, and they're like, obviously that deck one's from the seventies and one's from like 2012, but I'm just like, can we just like let this go? Um, It's even some of that showing up in the musical as well, but we can get to that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. There is some, there's, there's also some interesting things about gender in the musical that I feel sort of like, like I understand the intention, but I feel, yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But either way, so Harold Ramis. Um. Of course, a lot of people know him as Egon in the Ghostbusters mm. films, but he's also obviously mm. a, a great director in his own right. He sort of got his start with Caddyshack, with National Lampoon's Vacation. He was sort of in that National Lampoon uh, camp of again, like predominantly uh, cis white male comedy writers, performers, what have you. Um. But yeah, Caddyshack, Vacation. Um, this was, and then he sort of, like, started to move to, like, less wacky fare, like, still in the comedy zone, but, like, you know, he does this, he does the, the, the analyze duology Mm. of films, (laughs) analyze this, analyze that, um, he does Bedazzled, um, which they tried to, Lynn Aarons and Stephen Flaherty tried, that was their first thing that they tried to turn into a musical. Really? Um, cause it, it's a, it's a, it's a remake, the Harold mm-hmm, Ramis one mm-hmm. with Brendan yeah. Fraser. It's, uh, um, they, Dudley Moore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they, mm-hmm. they just couldn't get the film rights back then. Mm. So, but they, they've tried to make, I mean, that'd be fun. That'd be a fun musical. I like that, that movie. That sounds like, that, that sounds Elizabeth like Hurley. When, when you hear about people's MTI or what yeah, is exactly. It? You know, yeah. they're like, they're like, they met like, um, what's the, um, the Avenue Q crew, Bobby Lopez and and Jeff Marks. Yeah, they wrote Jeff like Marks a, a did their, the, the Kermit yeah. Hamlet show. Yes, exactly. That's right. Yeah, which sounds incredible. I know. Yes. Where's that demo tape? Release that. Um, but release and the then Kermit Bill Murray, cut. please hashtag release the Kermit <laughs> Hamlet. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, and I'm trying to remember where Bill Murray was in, in sort of his career. Um, 
Because he obviously, again, obviously he was in Ghostbusters um, with Harold Ramis. He was also, he got his start, like, one of his big starts in Caddyshack. Um, mm. He was in, uh, he, this was Scrooged already... by this point. Yeah, yeah, Scrooged, uh, Scrooged had already happened. What about Bob had already happened. Like, he was like, mm-hmm. he was up there. He was like a comedy legend yeah. at this point. And this was sort of like... Yeah the start of the pivots to more serious fare. I mean, like the year after this, he does Ed Wood. Um, the, uh, a few years later, he does, of course, the drama Space Jam. He stars in as himself. <laughs> uh, really, a really brave cameo. Powerful, powerful. Yeah, powerful uh, cinema. And then, uh, then Rushmore a few years later. But yeah, I would say this is sort of like the pivot point between his like bombastic comedic career and then sort of his sort of and Wes Anderson movies and then and Wes Anderson and Sofia Coppola movies exactly <laughs> well, yes. th- if I may there actually it's it seems there were a couple before which is oh um, sure yeah I mean he yeah, cause like he did it had quick change which was like him trying to direct something yes and like trying to figure out that tone you know yeah but Those- and the the he razor's needs someone else edge to direct him. the razor's edge was another famous like dramatic yeah. film he tried to make like yeah. yeah it's not like it's he wasn't like for want of like not wanting to make dramatic fare i just feel like his his dramatic roles didn't really hit until rushmore Pop i think off. Yeah. yeah but oh, and again, i wanted to say something because, about yeah oh but about harold ramis which is that um he also I think it might have been right after this, but he did Stuart Saves His Family, which, have you seen that movie? I, I you know, I sadly, I no. saw that on his, his, bio, his filmography. I haven't seen Stuart Saves His Family. It's wild. It's okay. taking an SNL character and then making it a movie about generational trauma. And it's about him, like, like, reali- <laughs> like, oh. like realizing, like, the effect alcoholism has had on his family and shit like that. It is yeah. crazy. And yeah. I kind of love it for how bonkers that is it's i i've been meaning to, there are a lot of like 90s comedies that like that sort of are in that twisted zone or in that sort of like cultish zone that i've been meaning to check out i've only finally just seen clifford which is a, oh, a demonic film yeah. um really amazing yeah movie. Like that's that's I've 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 heard for for many reasons I've heard it's Pat just doesn't hold up like I don't I feel like I don't need to watch that one yeah. um I feel like Julia Sweeney it's not Pat yeah, it's not Pat no, it's yeah. not Pat I uh, I, 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 yeah. I think Julia Sweeney has sort of been doing a mea culpa tour <laughs> like in her role on Work sure. in Progress yeah uh, yeah for that entire character yeah that movie I would. There is some T for T stuff going on in there, you know, sure. with uh, the sure. what's the name of the character, the Dave Foley character. Sure, yes, yeah. which is which is interesting. Like <laughs> definitely, like I don't know, like their romance. Even though the movie kind of makes fun of it, like the actors don't. You know, sure, yeah, they yeah. they take it seriously, even if the movie doesn't. For sure, yeah. And so there's something there, uh, but honestly, yeah. maybe it's garbage, and I don't know. I'm just yeah. I again, like I, it's not at the top of my watch list. I'm <laughs> exactly. gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but Groundhog Day um should be at the top of everyone's watch list. I don't know, like uh, just like general general uh like 
broad points for me. I like, I don't know. This thing rips. This thing is just like it. I don't know. It It is just so excellent screenplay. Excellent Airtight. screenplay. Like it moves. It just like it's uh-huh. it's like it's got beautiful pace to it. Um, other other actors that we have yet to talk about. Obviously, Andy McDowell is the love interest. Mm. Uh, uh, love her. She's great. So beautiful. Yeah. Mm. She, so yeah, beautiful. it's she's she's got almost like an Elaine Bennis thing happening with oh, her with wow. her look yeah. in this movie. Well, her hair, for yeah, sure. the hair especially. My mom had exactly that haircut also Aww. at that time period. <laughs> was this was this? I'm curious for your folk because obviously I I grew up in England. I'm an English human being, um, so I I I was not as familiar with sort of the the mythology of Groundhog Day and sort mm. of the ritual of it. Was this movie like the introduction? Of like this ritual to y'all, which ritual? The the oh, fucking the Groundhog, Groundhog Day itself. Yeah, okay. the Groundhog. Day. Yeah, yeah. You know the little rodent fella. Oh gosh. Well, the movie came out two years after I was born. Sure. <laughs> but no, I think it was. I think it. It was something that already had. Uh, uh, people people knew about it. It just was seen as twee and kitschy and like just Mm -hmm. annoying uh (laughs) which is why it's such a great it's it's like uh just such a brilliant choice of yeah of day yes yeah you know like yeah is it like and guess it's not something that like you're like oh like i can't wait i'm wait like like if every first hits and you're like oh oh boy it's coming (laughs) yeah What's he gonna say? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Bran, was this something that you grew up with in any capacity? Groundhog Day itself? Um, uh, I mean, not re. I kind of. I always remember it being on the calendar. We were big animal people. I lived out in the country, and so like, we had like not groundhogs, but muskrats and other stuff out there. And so we it was it was certainly on my radar before I think the film was sure. But I was like six when it came out, so well. <laughs> Well, that'll do it. Uh, God, that's funny. Um, also in this film, uh, Chris Elliott, the wonderful Chris Elliott plays uh, mm-hmm. Larry, the cameraman. Yeah. Um, have either of you seen, I've been, I just got the box set of uh, Forget a Life, which was the uh, TV show that Chris Elliott was in. Um, I, nope. Yeah, I've heard so much about it, but I've never seen it. If it's really good, I'm going to have you mail me that box set. <laughs> sure, yes. It's like rare and hard to find, right? I, I, yeah, it's, it's a little bit hard to find. I mean, so get a life uh, because I don't know when I don't know when uh, Chris Elliott is going to show up uh, in this series ever again. In this podcast. Um, it's a, <laughs> is that a Home Alone musical. Uh, wait, which which musical? Home Alone? Isn't he in Home Alone? Isn't he one of the bandits? There's no Home Alone musical. Also, I that's d- what I'm asking. Is there? There's not. Well, wait. They're actually, I'm sure uh, that one's well, coming. <laughs> well, Esther, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know about yeah, the Home Alone musical. <laughs> we we do have a song from Home Alone the musical in my movies, musicals, and musical uh, movies, musicals, and me musical where we <clears throat> started out by choosing movies that had never been adapted, but now some like we have a Devil Wears Prada song and. I don't know how long we well, can. Well, y'all to say you gotta. You know? I don't know about yeah. that one. Um, Have to get a DCMA on that one. Yeah. Yeah. C- C- DMCA. See C- C- if Elton John will let y'all keep doing that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, 
But no, Get Alive. So Adam, speaking of uh, cult '90s shit, so Adam Resnick, who created Get Alive, um, also is the writer and director of Cabin Boy, right. which, like, if you oh, yeah. if you want a fucking weird Gonzo '90s comedy. Ooh, Cabin. So I love Cabin Boy, and I like was yelling about it to past and future guest Connor Allen Smith, and I lent them the Blu-ray, and they returned it with a simple "No, thank you." Uh, <laughs> so like, it's not gonna be for everyone, but it's to, like it was supposed to be directed by Tim Burton. That's right. sort of what like that gives you a oh. sense of what Cabin Boy is, and it's. I mean, Chris Elliott shines in it. It is like. It's one of those beautiful movies that I know is the dumbest thing ever made, but I kind of sure. think it's a masterpiece because of it. Um, like, yeah. it's not as smart. I mean, it's smart in how stupid it is, I guess. Like, I'm not, we, we're all familiar yeah. with those kinds of works, right? That are like, Oh, yeah. No, of course. I, I place an extremely, extremely high value on taking swings. Like, the yes. most boring thing yes. to me right now is, like, Marvel movies. Because there's no risk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're you in, know? Esther, you're in good company. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you that. Something doesn't even have to be good for me to love it. You know? Yeah. And not if even in a so bad it's good way. Like, just in, like, a... Yeah, this is trying things. I've never seen that before. Cool, you know. If it's, if it's taking the swing, I mean, yeah, I absolutely admire that. To um, quote... To quote... Um, Phil Connors at the end of the movie, different is good. Different is good. Yes. Um, it is good. What 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 other sort of what are moments or like things in Groundhog Day the film that sort of like are most like when you think about this movie like what sort of like brightens you up what fills you with joy about this movie? Something that fills me with joy about this movie is cute little sweet little Michael Shannon. I know. I know. Oh, yeah. Baby Mike. Maybe uh, Big Chicago. Yeah. Oh, big, big Chicago himself, Michael Shannon, shows up as... Yeah. What do they get? Re they got WrestleMania ticks at the ends, right? Yeah. 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 Gosh. So cute. Also, Willie Garson has like yeah, a cameo in the opening. Yeah, that's right. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, I mean, everybody's like favorite older woman character actor, Angela Patton from the oh, 90s. Yeah. She's, she's the, the bed and breakfast person. She's in a trillion movies. Yeah. yeah. Who else? I wrote, oh, David Pasquese's uh, yes, in it? Yes, yes, As the yes. psychiatrist? <laughs> that was the one I had never noticed well, of course, um, and Of course, Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray, is oh, on, the, on the... Yeah, he does actually. Yeah, does. Um, Captain I, Knuckles himself. Yes, I do. I I love the sort of the and I think they actually do. It's one of the things in the musical I really love. Uh, they translate well is the suicide montage. Is the yeah. is sort of like oh, Phil yeah. trying to figure out like if I if I off myself this way or this way or this way. Like is that. <laughs> Is, what's gonna work? I think that's a really it's well done sequence. Really Again, fun. like Harold, Harold Ramis. Slap montage, similarly so. I love like, all the times she slaps him. Yeah. I, and all I mean, the different approaches he takes. And yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this when we get to the musical. Uh, is, you know, I think obviously it is easier in the film to play with the passage, to play with those repeated moments. Of course. Right? Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's just like, you can obviously, that's just the nature of editing like that is yeah. just like what what the movie sort of has in its in its wheelhouse it's like it can play with like really tight editing to like sort of yeah. just like go back and back and like i again i sadly haven't gotten the chance to see the stage show yet of groundhog day but i'm i mean, and esther i i know you have correct so i'm sure you twice. can sort of like twice 
Twice! Two times! Yeah. Uh, and so I'm sure you can sort of let us know when we get there, sort of like how they sort of were able to... And I'm sure there are ways to do it. Like, there are obviously like creative ways to like get that kind of effect, but I feel like it's just like the nature of film. It's like, it's it's, it's easier, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. they're able to do it Absolutely. very well. I will yeah. say... Watching the bar scene particularly where they kind of, it's not really a montage, but they sort of repeat the scene. He like changes his drink order yeah. to hers yeah. and then he says like, Teet, let's toast to this, to, to, to Punxsutawney. And she's like, I was toast to world peace and changes yeah. that. Uh, is how reminiscent that particular scene is of David Ives' sure thing. Sure. And I yeah. wonder if Harold Ramey had seen that because that was out. I, I, don't know if the, I don't know if the script was published, but that show had been performed possible, by the time yeah. this movie so well, maybe it was just like a well, again, like parallel thinking i've but. seen like sort of like like versions of the scripts from like ruben's original draft and then remus's like rewrites and he harold remus definitely sort of tightens up the dialogue like danny sure. again like sort of as i alluded to before uh danny rubin's uh script was a lot more serious it was a lot more philosophical mm. uh, one element that uh does happen in palm springs and but was in the original version of this script the script originally began in media reds like it began ah. in the middle of him going through the cycle so like you ah. sort of had to catch up no, to the yeah. movie but See, i but i, I like i like it better here because you need to know who Phil is. Uh -huh. You need to know who he is yes. from Jump as a character. So we know and, what he's turning, he's going to turn into. Absolutely. Yeah, and it gives you all of the setup, right? Like, we get to see all the different pieces that we return to over and over. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like this. Oh, that's another. I the, love the shot of the giant clock hands op coming uh, down. I'd love to see what sure. that prop looks yes. like. Yes. Yeah. On set, you know, because it yeah. was probably like eight foot. It was probably that was, that's very cool. Cool. Um, wow. I just thought they had a, a tiny, tiny camera. Yeah, right. just like a, yeah, yeah, giant. No, 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 no. Yeah, we, we can afford a giant clock. Camera. We can afford a tiny camera. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I like the drunk guys. Um, yeah, the drunk guys. I can't guys believe are fun. the polka didn't make it into the musical. The Pennsylvania know, polka, written by Frankie Yankovic. <laughs> no relation to Weird Al. <laughs> Frankie Yankovic is isn't that the capital of Sweden? Maybe. Yeah, Could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, we'll talk we'll get to the music in a second, but yeah, no, that is true. Um I, I mean the use of I Got You Babe, obviously the song. Oh, so funny. Oh, so good. Great. Yeah. I mean I think that I read that they chose that just because it's got very recognizable lyrics and it's got this a very like it's just the and again, perfectly I, annoying too. Yeah, yeah. Right. When repeated, you, know, you never want to hear that song twice in a row. No. And I will say one of the things that I love most about this movie, and which was again, which was in original versions, but they cut, is that we never find out why this is happening. It's yeah. just happening. It's oh just, gosh. Who cares? Okay. Who cares? This this makes me think about something like please. <clears throat> so I wrote this sketch in college, and I kind of made a little you know TikTok video recently that played with this, but. I was always so disturbed by the reality that we have to accept in movies like this and in body swapping movies and in like other things like that, where it's like, clearly God is real. Sure. Something like this is happening. <laughs> sure. And that God is like, loves to play just little Prankies, little pranks, you know? little, like, little joke, yeah. little 
judgy yeah, bitch. Yeah. Choke him up. Right? Yeah. yeah. I just find that so... There's something existentially very terrifying to me. I think I would, like, never uh, be able to just, like, be at rest again if something like this happened to me. Well, so this is... this. And, uh, uh, forgive me for just getting a little sort of, like, personal and philosophical here. That's Again, that's kind of what I... My own reading of the film... Uh, is, I mean, obviously, like, it, it's kind of negated by the fact that, like, he does something right or, like, he gets to a point where the loop breaks. Right. But kind of what I love sure. about the film, and again, this is sort of hammered in through the, the old man trying to save the old man section, is just, like, sometimes, like, where the nurse just says, sometimes people just die. Yeah. Like, it, he yep. can try and do, I mean, that's, right, the sort of the quote-unquote definition of insanity, right? Trying to do the same thing over and over again, but getting yeah. the same result. It's right. just, like, sometimes, like, this is a film sort of almost just about, sometimes things just happen. And yeah. there's no reason, and there's no explanation, and it's just, it's a thing that happens in the universe. And sometimes there isn't an answer. And sometimes right. it's just just the world and you kind of just have yeah. to roll with it and accept. I mean, that's again, getting very real. That is my own personal philosophy on just yeah. the world. But, yeah. but again, he gets to a point where the cycle is broken. It's this sort of movie mm -hmm. that you can't watch without asking yourself some big questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot about understanding what you have power over and what you don't. You know? And then it's also just a movie where a man steals a groundhog and yeah. like uh, and drives a car over a cliff yeah. that turns into a, a a fireball of destruction. It can all it can coexist. R.I.P. Scooter, the groundhog that played yeah. once a tiny Phil. Oh, uh, is that the the real life <laughs> groundhog's name? Scooter. <laughs> it's the last credit on the credits. <laughs> is is Scooter or Punk's tiny Phil played by Scooter the groundhog? Oh, oh, that's really oh buddy. Cute. <laughs> Maybe he's still alive. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just receded from public view. Yeah, I don't yeah know groundhogs are like turtles. They live 500 years. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got it. I mean, they are, they are, but also, obviously, it's very funny that like, oh, Phil Connors is a weatherman and like, he's supposed to be able to forecast what's happening in the future. Right. And he cannot, uh, right? That's, I mean, that's, it's, it's very on the nose, but you, 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 you do love it. Um, it's good though. So yeah. I was really surprised. I, this film did not get, get an original screenplay nomination at the Oscars, which obviously like the Oscars Ooh. are not, they're not, they're like the, the, they, they are and are not a cultural arbiter, but like it does. I'm just like, right. that's weird that like, it's what did like, get uh, nominations. So, like, you know, I'm gonna, we're gonna oh, pull God. it up. We're gonna pull it up and see oh, what's boy. up. So the, is it, uh, so is this... it like driving Miss Daisy, Green Book? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, they all, they all did come out in 19, in 1993. <laughs> so that would make sense. Um, no, so this was the Schindler's List year. Um, okay. and the Jurassic. Okay, no, uh, yeah. It's a good movie. I didn't, I always forget that Spielberg <laughs> had both Schindler's List and Jurassic yes. Park came out in the same year. Wow. Um, wow. Whenever again, he has two movies in a year, it's always really good. It's true. Yeah. What's the other one? It's like Minority Report in Munich. I didn't see either of those. Sure. Yep. Um, and uh, so... Minority Report rules. So The Ooh. Piano by Jane Campion won the best original screenplay this year. Um, okay. The other nominees were Dave, which is going to be a future episode. Um, right. Oh, wow. In the line of five... Best screenplay for Dave. I, whatever. <laughs> now uh, I've seen everything. In the line of fire... <laughs> Um, Philadelphia, 
you know, Philadelphia. Uh, uh, and- yeah, no, I, I know Philadelphia. <laughs> I have feelings about Philadelphia. You have Philadelphia. feelings on Philadelphia? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Have you ever read any Sarah Shulman at all? Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, she yeah, talks know, about yeah. Philadelphia, and she, I was like, damn, she's right. It's it's I'm, just, yeah. it's like a, one of those AIDS dramas that is just, like, meant to make yes. cishet people feel that, no, like, it's, yeah, it's, it is a, AIDS it's is a, over. It's a, and it's a queer based, drama for based, it's, based yeah. it by being it's nice. It's a queer yes. drama for yeah. straight people, absolutely. Yeah. Like that's that's what If it you is. like this movie, you aren't culpable in anything. Yeah. You know, it's one of those. Yeah. Like, as long as you liked this movie and said you like it, it's your then you're okay. It's uh, not without the, sweet yeah. moments, but yeah. yeah. Sure. The, the final the final nominee for best original screenplay was Sleepless in Seattle. Um which I think oh, okay. is which is also <laughs> I mean, gonna I love we'll it. Co- good movie. Yeah, we'll cover it at some point because they <laughs> turned it into a musical. Right. It's it's it keeps happening. Our podcast will never end. I don't know if that's good or bad. So. I know. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, if we get some more Patreon, that'd be great. So if you, go to say, Patreon.com if you go to patreon.com slash movie the musical, you can get some exclusive bonus content. Hello, 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 and welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies Uh, that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is, what if, like, just so... Esther, I, I feel like you're uh, sort of caught up on, like, uh, Esther Fallax, our guest, uh, Hi. everyone. Uh, Hi, welcome, yes, welcome, The welcome. first time welcome. we've heard from her today. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, I feel like you're maybe caught up. You know, Sondha- Sondheim has a new show coming out next year. Uh, Stephen right. Sondheim, he's writing a show with David Ives, and it's coming out next year. What if they were just like, fuck it, we have a Groundhog Day musical. Here it is. Because <laughs> that was the oh, rumor. That'd be awesome. Because that <laughs> was be the pretty thing. pretty sweet. That was, so, like, as early as, like, 2003, Sondheim was like, i do a musical of Groundhog Day. That sounds like a thing that I would do. Um, and then, uh, like, a few well, Like I said about David Ives earlier, he's already into the time loop. Thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah. But, With but, sure but, thing. And, so, I mean, Sondheim is known. He loves puzzles. He used to write crossword puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then, I, like... I, I, I will say... I, I I think it. I don't think it would have been as good as Tim Minchin's, honestly. In, that's a, a bold claim yeah, that I'm excited to dig into. Claim. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I'll say so. In 2008, when he was asked about it, he was like, uh, to to quote Josh himself, Josh Sondheim. Um, he said that quote to make a musical of Groundhog Day would be to gild the lily. It cannot be improved. Mm. Um. So first off, I agree with you, Stephen. Sure, because I will say, because I will say, this is another one of those. This is another one of those episodes where I know our lovely guest Esther Fallick is deep in the pocket for Groundhog Day the musical. Oh yeah, Uh, baby. The the (laughs) twenty, the Groundhog, the twenty seventeen musical Groundhog Day. In the pocket Uh, of big Groundhog. (laughs) 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 Uh, With a book by Danny Rubin and musical lyrics by Tim Minchin. Um, So I know Esther's a big fan. I know Bran, it sounds like, they they texted me a little bit yesterday. It sounds like they're not 
as in love with it. And I, and I, so it's just got problem. I mean, I just like, there's just like a lot of missed opportunities and, 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 and I, I'm going to say I'm, stuff. I'm really firmly in the middle as it happens okay. a lot on this yeah. show. I'm, I'm like, I see, I see what is good in this thing. I really, really do. And yeah, sort mm-hmm. of similarly to Brent. So here's my hot take. Here's my thesis that I want to pin. And I want to start this off by saying I'd love to mention. So obviously Tim Minchin, huge Australian comedian songwriter. He is a he's a really clever writer. He's a really like like he like he writes really especially musically interesting songs. Um They've got some really fascinating, just like the, the actual structure of them is great. Mm-hmm. I think his score for Matilda, so obviously that was sort of his big thing. He wrote yeah. Matilda the musical, which, uh, Brandy, are you, you, do you know Matilda the musical? Everything I've heard, I've never seen it uh, or like really dove in, but I really like every song I've heard from yeah. it. And I like a lot of the songs in this. The music in this show is great, yes. I think. Yeah. It's like getting into the lyrics is where I start to have some problems and just choices, but we can get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so I'll say, Matilda, good. But I'll say so, yeah, so like I said, Matilda, I love. I think that musical is great. I think it's kind of ridiculous that sort of Kinky Boots became the show that sort of like took those Tonys that year. I think yeah, Matilda right. is a far yeah. superior show. Um, Kinky Boots, a future episode at some point. Um, but. And Matilda. And well, you or, see, Matilda. So Matilda's interesting because it's based it's on the those. book. I, it's, I know we have a very yeah. we have a, we have a very specific criteria. So okay, Matilda. <laughs> they are turning Matilda into a film, the musical. So uh, for we'll Netflix. cover. Right. Yeah, for Netflix. Because, yeah. yeah, Netflix bought the Rolls Doll estate. Oh, the Rolls stuff? Yeah. Ah, like a state? I, they bought all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, wow. they're trying to make it, they're making a cinematic universe out of Rolled Doll, the Dollverse. <laughs> everyone, everyone, <laughs> the it's, Dollverse. again, the yeah. fucking ridiculous uh, reactive nature of Hollywood. Like, the, the universes only work for Marvel, and they're not even good at it. Like, it's just like, stop trying to chase this thing. Like, one I company know. has figured out how to do it, and they haven't even figured out how to do it well. So, like, just stop yeah. trying to chase yeah. this carrot, y'all. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's bizarre. I would have, I would have loved the dark universe though. That, I'm, I'm you know, that. that one. Would I know, have been I know. Fucking great. <laughs> Mummy was such trash. Boy, that was fun though. Yeah. Just seeing Tom Cruise surfing it. on sand at the end. I would, Hilarious. I would have seen a Russell and Crow Jekyll Love and Hyde. No question. Yeah, yeah. I would have too. You know what? Don't do the musical though, Russell. Please don't do <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde the musical. <laughs> Um, so anyway, you are not David Hasselhoff. Point. Back to my point. Back to my point. Uh, <laughs> so Tim Minchin, love him. The songs in Matilda, glorious. That show is great. Yes. My biggest thing about Groundhog Day is that I feel like the songs are not... I feel like they obviously... Obviously, Danny Rubin co-wrote the screenplay. Um, so obviously, like, a lot of the screenplay shares similarities with the film. Mm-hmm. I, and obviously, there, there is a little bit of playfulness with the songs. I, I kind of just wish there were more, there was more use of the music and the songwriting to sort of play in with the time loop concept. I feel like mm. most of the time loop st- stuff really, mm. like, works within the boundaries of the book scenes. Mm. And, and outside of, like, 
the top half of Act 1, we don't get a lot of, like, oh, repeated phrases and, like, repeated musical Except for moments. that. Yeah. That's in almost every song. Yeah. And, and, obviously, and, like, obviously, like, the alarm clock and stuff. But again, like, and it's, it's sure. like, the, the music that is here, I love. Yeah, like, the songs are great. Like, uh, the, some, like, really lovely Act 2 ballads that are, like, really... Like again, just like devastatingly written in a beautiful mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm. like thematically, like mm-hmm. hit me. Brand doesn't agree. I can see their face, mm-hmm. but I don't care. At least with one of them, especially. I think one I know spies. which one you're talking about. I have oh, oh, weird well, feelings about it too. We'll get to that one. Oh yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that one in <laughs> yeah. just a second. Um, but so yeah, that's sort of my biggest gripe with the show is this that I wish the songs kind of played with the time loop concept a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, but yeah, Esther, so that. you're, but Esther, like, like we said, you're deep, you're deep in the pocket of big groundhog. Um, yes. <laughs> you, you, you lobby for them so fucking hard. Um, yeah, I'm a big old but, fan. Yeah. But no, so, no, but I like, I, again, like I want to, and like, I know people, I know a lot of folk who love this show a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Talk, talk to us about, the musical, you already talked to us, I, I think, I forget, that seems like a deja vu, I don't know. It seems like you've already talked to us about the movie, but talk to us about your love of the love of the musical. Yeah, well, so <clears throat> I saw this show twice when it was on Broadway, and it was at a time when I couldn't really afford a whole lot. Yeah. And I was like, I, but I was just, I was so moved by it the first time that I saw it. And I was so skeptical I never even loved the movie that much. But so I find like there's something about this the story that like inside of Phil, like in the movie and in the musical, he starts off <clears throat> very internally focused. He he's mm-hmm. only worried about himself and like finding like just quick pleasure for him and like getting through the day. And as the story opens up, he realizes that other people exist basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, that their stories are just as important as his and that like Mm -hmm. he can give his life meaning by like impacting part. Yeah, you know, and I feel like something I love about the musical is how it tracks that arc, right? Like, sure. as the second act, as we get into the second act, and especially in uh, One Day, which is the act one finale, when we start to, like, mm-hmm. hear everyone singing about their hopes and dreams. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, the show all of a sudden opens up and we get to know everyone in this town and how complicated their internal lives are mm-hmm. and that is such a powerful message for me that i don't see in a lot of <clears throat> pieces of media look sure i don't know how um many feds listen to this but i'm pretty much a <laughs> communist <laughs> hey me too baby no, pretty That's much right. over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, my, I, I have that lists, flag up I'm there. Sure. That's basically my communist flag. But <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd say, like, like I, like I said before, you're in good company. Uh, right on, right on. Continue. And so, it's, maybe instead of a hammer and sickle, we can have like a stiletto and a weed pin. 
think that could be like the new. <laughs> the new That's really good. Yes, I am so down for. Let's have that vote. Uh, <laughs> Somebody needs to draw that for us, yes. please. Yeah, <laughs> on the trans flag. Um. So this is a show to me that's all about basically moving out of a capitalist, like self-obsessed uh, mindset where it's like all just about like how you can use others to get ahead, and more about mm-hmm. coming to understand the value of of being a part of a society and a community. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. And like I-, I think it's a really smart thing it does too. I think because it kind of is it like you can see that extrapolating from the scene in the movie where he's at the diner and he's like, This person does this. This person has like moved here from Ireland when she was a baby and now right. she loves music or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it took it I really love that aspect yeah. of the musical that it really kind of does flesh out all these characters and especially in the fact of the, the or especially in light of the fact that the lead character is a huge narcissist yeah. and the big part of the movie and the musical is him releasing that and be realizing he is, he does live in a society and um, yeah. And I like that the musical gives us that opportunity to see all those people a lot. We yeah. do live in a society. That is true. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm in full support and agreement with everything here. I, you know, I will say I prefer Rita as a character in the musical Oh. Than I do in the film. I mean, not to yeah. say that I don't mm-hmm. like reading the film. Again, we talked about Andy McDowell is lovely, but I think that again, you get a little bit more depth. She's more going on. Yeah, yeah she's, she's more just of a character. Ha- That's all. She's more of a character. Um, yeah. Again, one day if I had my time again, are all yeah. lovely. So- even seeing you mm-hmm. is I mean, yeah. That, yeah. There's a lot. Is it, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I'll say even if they don't play into the time loop concept as much as I personally would like to in the music. Structurally, yeah, you're right. We get most of Act One is just like Phil singing, and from his perspective, and then Act End of Act One to all of Act Two, yeah, we get uh, more songs from other characters. I would argue the Act Two opener uh, has great intent and fails massively. We'll dig into yeah. that in just a moment. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, even like again, even like the just Wait, heavy lifting for this lead. Yes, yeah, so especially in the first half of the show. Yeah, I mean, it was Andy Cole who played him on yeah. Broadway, and I mean, like, yeah, like oh, Godspeed to yeah. that guy. Like he, like probably I don't, I forget who. We'll look up Tony's in a second, but yeah, like yeah, just sure. did a in, lot, a lot, in, a lot of heavy yeah. lifting. In terms of the boring Broadway actors who are being hired <laughs> to have absolutely zero of their own personality <laughs> and just do impressions of existing actors, mm-hmm. uh-huh. he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a qualifier. Honestly, yeah, I know it's it is yeah, I mean there's we've we've talked so we ha- we did a whole fucking season of Disney content. Like we are so like there's just so much about sort of like how flat Broadway performances are and just like how Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's sad. It's 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 nothing yeah. uh but sad. Oh, this no. was the Dear of Enhanced in yeah. here, that's why. Okay, great. Yeah, the good, uh, good, good. Uh, we get to bring that up. <laughs> we get to relevant. bring that up on the main uh, feed. It's my text still relevant. Gosh. God, um, I, so, yeah. Oh. Uh, no, I was just going to say nothing. about... Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I actually had like an existential crisis that was like a major part of my egg cracking when I yeah. saw Beetlejuice the musical. And I was just like, I was like, this? This is what I'm trying to do? 
<laughs> sure. This can't be it. This uh-huh. can't be it. There has to be uh-huh. more to life. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had a similar one where I had been in Les Mis twice by the time I was 30 years old, and then the only things to audition for were Mamma Mia and Les Mis. Oh. Like, Is this it? Oh, I just move through ensemble tracks until I die. Yeah, and I, and I, will say, I will say a regional... Of the same four musicals. A regional oh. theater is doing Groundhog Day this spring in, in the Chicago yes, area. Spring so will I, come. I would... Spring will come. Uh, and tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow. So I will... I will... Hey, if they don't open on Groundhog Day... Huge missed opportunity. I'm <laughs> just gonna say, it's down. Um, get the groundhog folk in here. My so gosh. anyway, welcome to Movie the Musical <laughs> podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's right. There's, there's the time loop is cracking. The multiverse is breaking. I'm the host now. That's <laughs> just taking over the podcast. That's right. I've always been the host. What do you mean? <laughs> I'll share you on the passwords document. Yes, you should. How dare you? Movie the musical. Movie the musical. Hello, 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 and welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host. Ben K. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is, how many pats on the back do you think the creative team of Groundhog Day gave themselves when they wrote the Act 2 opener of this show? Were they just like, oh, you know what, we... We did it. We we sure showed them. We advanced them. women. Uh, yeah. Feminism. Uh, let's talk. Oh let's dig boy. into it. Let's talk about playing Nancy. Let's dig into it. Which is the opening of Act Two. So Nancy, uh, <laughs> who is a character. Uh, if, if, if you remember the original film, she's the woman who, like, Phil goes up to her and is like, what's yeah. your name? What school did you go to? Who was your English teacher? And then the Nancy ne- Lincoln Walsh. Got it. Yes. <laughs> and then the next day he's yeah. like, Squeaks Nancy? like a chipmunk when she gets real excited. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's a funny line. It's a great yeah, line. So, so, yeah, so, so, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, like, yeah, she, doesn't she end up with Larry by the end of the thing? I think. No, he wishes. Yeah, he, oh, he wishes. wishes. He puts his armor sure. on her, and then she's like... Mm. And then he, he puts himself up for the bachelor auction, and it reminded me of when Barney's up for auction on The Simpsons. Oh, and sure. And then just, like, yes. nobody bets, and they just put him off. And the old ladies bet uh, a quarter yeah, for him. Yeah, two bits. Thank you. Two bits. Um, two bits. But, yeah, so, so, yeah, so Nancy, like, obviously, yeah, like, she she's, like, used for that purpose in the film. And yeah. so I guess Tim and Danny and the rest of the team were like, you know, let's really take what like two minutes to really examine uh this this moment let's and this start character. the second act with the most dour song ever written it, more dour than ned ryerson singing about how death will come to all of us uh, which i think is uh, such a good song I like that part. it is a good song yeah. we'll get to that in a second moment, so beautiful it yeah. is and no, no. again juxta- that's juxtaposed um, with again the saving the old man sequence so yeah i think yeah. that's it's lovely. It's really uh-huh. resonant. Uh, but to get back to this opening of Act yeah. 2, so yeah. yeah, so essentially what they've done is, just to explain this to folks who are not as familiar, so they've taken literally the opening of Act 2. This Nothing else happens. Like, this is... It opens in this moment. No, yeah, it opens in this moment of Nancy, like, in the crowd on February 2nd, Groundhog Day, singing the song, being like, 
yeah, I am just a sad side character. The men don't respect me, and that's what I do, and I just gotta deal with that, because that's me, playing Nancy. I'm playing Nancy. Because... And then was... Which I thought was a phrase that I was not familiar. I knew her name was Nancy. I was like, oh, is that like an idiom? And I was like, oh, maybe it's an Australian idiom or no, something. And I was like, it sounds like... Playing Nancy. Yeah, playing yeah. Nancy. I mean, but if uh, for Australian, it sounds like, like a gay thing, maybe, like a gay <laughs> euphemism, like, ah, uh, crikey, those two blokes over there play a Nancy, you know? like, no. Well, yeah, it's an Australian like, idiom. Hell? That's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You do yeah. get. Are like, they playing yeah. Nancy on the Barbie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, and then, no, and then no. yeah, and then Let's they obviously about- they do the great thing of they have this song. They're like, oh wow, we really care about Nancy, and then we never see her again for the rest yeah. of the acts. Well, okay, see, but I'm Ridiculous. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with sure. that. Because sure. that to me is that's that's vanguard, baby. Like that's like <laughs> just like giving us a song of this person. It's a swing, right? Like I dig the swing. Sure, sure. Um, it, 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 like we talked about before, it is a swing. <clears throat> but there's something about I object that to song. the moralizing is what my problem with the moralizing. Why can't? Yeah, yeah. And why? Why is it never? Um, why is that always the narrative for a one night stand, especially from a woman? Why can't yes. she come on and be like, I know that guy was full of shit and didn't yeah. go to high school with me, but I went along with it because I wanted to fuck him. You know? Yeah. Why can't that is such a more interesting character for her if she's like, Yeah, totally. I take you know, this is yeah. what that's how I wanted to get down that night, I, and that's fine. I think that's really well put, Bran. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I feel like she gets at that in the song, but also there's like this melancholy. Like, yeah. I actually want to compare it to um, somewhere that's green. Sure, because, a, a, oh, a, a okay. musical, a, sh- a song from a musical we love on this show. Yes, mm-hmm. and as I learned from y'all, a T for T romance. Yes, yes, there is an you know? absolute. There, that is, there's an absolutely valid reading yeah. that we support on this podcast. And I went ahead and I watched the movie High with a couple trans friends after I heard y'all talking about it and the conversations we had, y'all. So good. <laughs> um, Excellent. Howard Ashman was definitely an egg, by the way. Interesting. That's mm, my hot interesting. take. Okay, I, okay. I absolutely think. I mean, Little Mermaid, you know Little Mermaid's all about bottom surgery, right? Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. She just wants a vagina. And I'm like, I feel you, girl. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, um, but uh, somewhere that's green is why that song is so powerful, I think, is that if we read her as a trans woman, then like. Oftentimes, trans women are attacked for, like, reveling in what are seen as regressive symbols of femininity. Sure. Sure. But for trans women, there is something entirely transgressive, but not intended, (laughs) about embracing these stereotypes, right? Sure. Uh, Stereotypes. I, I just used the wrong language there, but you know what I mean? Like about like embracing <clears throat> these identities and these like femme aesthetics. Yeah, sure. Um, and somewhere that's green is, gives so much dignity to that desire to be what some, so many people would like look down on as a, 
unfeminist view, reading of what a, being a woman is. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> sure. something that she's looking up at while other people you can imagine looking down at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's so beautiful. And then with playing Nancy, unfortunately, I feel that sometimes it takes this this like condescending view towards those same signifiers at times mm-hmm. being like, wow, it must be hard to be these things when in reality, like there's so much joy and like affirmation in a lot of that mm-hmm. for certain people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's how it's like, it's it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Does that does that it is possible to revel in being a slut? And I say that in a I oh. don't say that as a joke. Yeah. I mean that totally sincerely. She said, yes. No, she sings in the song. It's better to be leered at than not desired at all. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. That is That's, I will say that is a funny thing about transitioning is like uh it's been funny what has been affirming at times, you know? Sure. Like all the trans girls I know who are in stand-up have bits about that weird feeling of, like, the first few times you're catcalled. When you're sure. like, hey, mm-hmm. you shouldn't do that. Also. Also. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. <laughs> My friend Michelle Gold has an amazing bit about that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I remember distinctly okay. when I was presenting Very Femme one day and got barked at by someone in a truck and I was like good lord but also hey (laughs) I do like this dress I appreciate that right yeah yeah so don't bark at me please anymore (laughs) yeah yeah so it's it's interesting and that song is it's trying very hard to be an empathetic understanding of like a cis woman's situation but But I think it, it, oh, I'm not a cis woman, <laughs> but like, I, I think that there are just some, some ways that it, it fails. Yeah. And yeah, then not to mention so. yeah. it just being kind of boring. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's just presented, it's presented as such a tragedy is really yeah. like, that's why the whole number feels like. Gosh, I wish I just wasn't this, but you know, this I have no choice because we live in a world made by men. Well, again, who wrote it's, this song for me. Yes, exactly. Uh, and right, the fact that it is, <laughs> now, the fact that it is like written by men, it is in a cis yeah. male uh, constructed show, like obviously doesn't yeah. help. I think it's tough because yeah, it is again, it is the act two opener, so it is like, but it's almost positioning itself as like the mood that we want to move into the rest of the uh-huh. show yeah. for, which from a thematic point of opening us to more characters, yes, it does work, but then just in every other facet, it doesn't work. Um, and it's just like again, like it's. It, I I think it I think it is weird that we don't hear from her again. I I do. It does that that aspect is odd to me. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I will say too with the song though, if we read her as potentially a trans mask person, who sure. because of you know her body has been like forced into certain roles, then. Maybe there's 
like something there because it's it's about it's a song about gender and how like you know you you follow the rules to survive based on your assigned gender at birth but like it just kind of leaves you in a place you know Mm -hmm. huh what so i want to let's put a pin in that let's leave that i think we've we've dug into that as much as we really can Um, yeah you know maybe it needs it um but i think again like i think the rest of the score is lovely i think stuck in the first act is maybe the most tim minchin-y of the tim minchin songs um, I know it is, I mean, it is a little bit of just a one joke of like, these people are weird. This is, and, and again, like it's, I don't know, Brand, Brand, you have a, a, you have a look on your face. It's a perfect example of, <clears throat> I do, it's a perfect example of one thing that I find really annoying about lyric lyrics overall in this show is the like forced vulgarity stuff, you know? Sure. That's not ever particularly clever or funny, but they feel like there's the line of like, they sing piss like three times in a row in one song. In this, they include rhino foreskin, and I'm like, do rhinos even have foreskin? You know, I mean, they probably have something going on down there, but like, well, what a the line. Jewish ones don't. Yeah, well, Jewish ones well don't. <laughs> listeners, please tweet at us. Let us know if uh, uh, rhinos have foreskin. We desperately need to know. Um, <laughs> it's important. Or like, and some of the ch- some of the like winky references don't really like they, there's ghostbusters 2 is a line in this oh, right oh, right we know bill murray's in this movie <laughs> yeah right. sure. we know um yeah but i mean that stuff i'm more okay with than the vulgarity the, like i love vulgarity if it's clever character driven and funny yeah and i feel like a lot of the times it's just not quite there yeah sure. i hear that I mean, I, I don't, I'll say the uh, again. I I am a fan of Stuck. Just be, and it's also I'll I'm say um, I'm a fan of Stuck. It has the same chord progression as uh, Naughty from uh, Matilda. Oh, oh, um, just, whoops. That's why it's so catchy. Because um, that <laughs> song is catchy as fuck. Different mel- melodic line, but the chord progression is practically one to one. Whatever that happens. I, I also it's do. I do have one little beef with Stuck, which is that. Please. I have people in my life who have, um, you know, experience with 12-step programs. And 12-step programs, they do not promise to be quick fixes. Sure. So I felt a little, I was like, but I was talking with someone the other day. um, Every time I make a trans joke, sometimes I feel like I have to put all the asterisks. And it's like, y'all just know know that I know the asterisks, you know. And it's like sometimes for comedy, you have to sacrifice meaning for like rhythm and sound, you know? Sure, totally. Yeah, I mean, that's that's. I'm down to let some leeway there. Yeah, like he's he's like taking all these, like he's lumping a lot for the purpose of the message of the song. And yeah, Yeah. obviously, like. And it comes across. Um, yeah. But I will say, like, yeah, I, I would... Certainly catchy. Yeah. It's certainly catchy. And, yeah, I mm-hmm. would say, like, the more serious... For whatever reason, even though he sort of, like, got his start as a comedic songwriter to mention, it is the ser- the more sort of, like, dramatic, serious songs in the show that have stuck with me. Mm. Yes. Um, like Stuck with you. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, like, seeing you um, and, like, even, like, uh, I... What's what's it called? I everything, know everything about yeah, everything right. about you, whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, that's cute. Um, I will say also like that, again, like I I wish I could have seen this on stage because there are like lots there are like 
big sequences that are re- like on the album at least that, and yeah. even in the scripts they get they're just like Phil does a bunch of good deeds for people around town yeah. philanthropy I, I, yeah right. I do appre- and I do appreciate catching the kid in the tree I do appreciate yeah. in the licensing of this show that so they're funny. not that yeah I know philandering phil you never thank me philanthropy <laughs> phil, yeah it's very line. cute it's very fun uh phil puns but yeah. i do appreciate uh-huh. that in licensing this show they haven't done like specific like phil does this phil does this phil, right. they're like they really give each production the agency mm. to do whatever cool. they're capable or mm-hmm. interested in doing so i think yeah. that's really i don't know fun i suppose um yeah but yeah it is it's I don't again like there's some there's some funny stuff in the script obviously because it's Danny Rubin who adapted it it's because it's a lot of similar jokes from the film that have just been brought to stage but I would I mean I would say that like it is a lovingly sincere show and I but I also mm. but I don't know if it's as funny as the movie I don't think so so there are <clears throat> maybe I Maybe I, I remember laughing a lot when I saw it, uh, oh, and oh, but no, I sure, will yeah. say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say there's there are some major, 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 like it, like what the movie is so good at is finding the balance between comedy and drama. Sure. But in this, sometimes, mm-hmm. especially in the marketing, like they can't help but just like they just get so fucking earnest to where it's like sure. you, you're losing it, you're losing it. Like the Tony Awards yeah. song was yeah i don't know they yeah they did the finale which the made finale. no sense it makes zero and then of course Spoiler it alert. two months later <laughs> yeah like <laughs> yeah they should have done stuck yes. you know? yeah or, or like i don't know um they, they could have done i mean they, they should have done, done one day the day one one day yeah. one day yeah like, or day no, one. well oh. no day one day whenever one we where... see the whole town and then or maybe day two when we see that it's repeating I, you know like I, the movie the next you know? I just write a little should've... original ditty for it that like yeah, kind of yeah, does it all yeah. faster esther, esther hey, you, you could you have the means to write yeah. a, a song for this show um no i think they should have done hope the which is a uh the one of the other funny songs it's you know it is a little dark whatever i think again that's so that's the song that again takes the comedic premise of phil offing himself um yeah so this is a moment though where i think that the context of when it was on broadway is really important because like what was the big hit that year was dear evan hansen right so however many backpats they gave themselves for playing nancy Uh it was not one thousandth of the backpats (laughs) that they gave themselves for fucking does anybody have a map i want to barf i hate dear evan hansen so much Listen, we have we did a whole fucking Patreon on it. I I don't want to talk about that show ever again. But again, right, it is it is yeah. It's I would say this show's handling of suicide with a comedic tone yeah. is handled much better than anything yeah. tonally in that yeah. mis, complete misfire yeah. of a show, Jarvin Hansen, which won everything. This so yeah, I, I want to jump to Tonys. Yeah. I want to. Wrap us up. Um, so yeah, Darren Hansen swept up everything. And listen, th- this was also the same year as Great Comet. So I'm not saying that like Groundhog Day should have been like the champion of this year's Tony Awards. Like there were and Come From Away was this year. So like it was a print. Like there was some good stuff happening. But I mean, like I don't know. Like I'm I'm sort of less and less on the Ben Platt train <laughs> if I ever was. Oh God. Um. Yeah. So like and like. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, yeah. Honestly, Can't like anyone else in this category, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, 
But I mean, yeah, it, it, I mean, it didn't get a lot of nominations. I mean, it got a book nomination. It got a score nomination. It got like design nominations. It got uh, scenic and uh, got best direction. Um, so I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe it could have. They could have given it something, but no, and yeah, like you said, uh, Esther, they, they chose a terrible song to perform on the Tony Awards. Just bizarre choices. It was so mishandled. I wish they could have had a way to time loop and choose that song again. Am I, am I right? (laughs) Maybe, maybe they did time loop and they chose that (gasps) song and there's a reason why that was the right song and the way for the world to move forward. We just don't know. That's true. Again, maybe maybe someone's going through a time loop and we don't even know it. Isn't that something? That's the lesson. Treat everyone with empathy because they might be going through their own Groundhog Day. And Aren't we, just- we all? Aren't we all just a repeated bad day away from driving on the train tracks and punching Ned Ryerson in the Killing face? Scooter. R.I.P. Scooter Um, Esther, are there any uh, Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead Well, I just want to, can we talk about Like, I, one of the big things I love About the show is I just, I adore The lyrics I think, I know, I know you Y'all, it sounds like y'all think it's like a little I fi- too I find clever. The lyrics. I think no. I Outside of the vulgarity stuff, I think it's pretty great. It's just that yeah. stuff really okay. grates okay. on my nerves. There's like reason. certain. There's just certain lines that are just like they're so clever that I yeah. just love them. Like mm-hmm. um, uh, one day um, sure. when Rita starts singing, I think that is a much better version of playing Nancy. Sure. Yeah. Well, she's like, sure. talking, yeah, absolutely. You know? well, she's like actually like interrogating the kind of person uh, she wants and like what <sighs> actually like specific relate. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's there is some like loving and mm-hmm. character driven and really like expressive lyrical work in there. And I and, also, and yeah. feels a lot feels appropriately complex. Yeah. Nancy, I feel like is very flattened out. Just the one lyric, though, that I just want to shout out that Please. every time I listen to this, I am I always am like. Damn, this shit, this shit slaps. You know? <laughs> this hits, yeah. Is, yeah, it hits, you know. When she says, like, something about waiting for knights in shining armor, but you can bet down the track they'll be spending their nights in shining armor. Sure, <laughs> yes. Uh, that, to me, is a perfect little clever lyric. He's very clever, and I yeah. feel like, uh, to reference a show you referenced earlier, uh, old, old Bug Juice, um, oh, I feel yeah. like uh, Eddie Perfect, <laughs> and I think I said this in our in our Beetlejuice episode, I feel like Eddie Perfect is so trying to be in that Tim Minchin pocket, yeah. but just, it just doesn't, it just isn't, doesn't work as well. I, I, he, uh, I he's not Tim agree. Minchin. Um, yeah, so Esther... Any any final uh, any final thoughts on Groundhog Day as a musical as a film on yeah on any of it? Yeah, the other musical from the past few years that I think was kind of miraculously really good and spoke to something really deep inside of me was SpongeBob the Musical, which is the other show I- that I pitched to y'all, but I know that you've. It sounds like you've got can't someone do to it. do or something, or maybe you're no. Not, we 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 can't do, do SpongeBob. Yeah. It's based on a TV show, right? Touche. Silly Touché. us. Yes. yes. Okay. But that that's the other one, and that's another show about a community 
coming together. And there's <clears throat> the way that that show plays with your familiarity with all of the characters in order to give them more and more, um, just like fill out the, the city more and more and like speak to the importance of the, like the social rather than the individual. Yeah. Is something that to me is so powerful. It's why I love that one too. It's all about like targeting xenophobia and like, um, and like opening your scope of the people that you care about. Yeah. And it's something that Dear Evan Hansen is anathema. It's not, you know, it's yeah. all about, it's about the individual and like, like, you being excused when you hurt others. And that's yeah. not what like Groundhog Day is about accountability. You know, it's about like, you have to change for your world to change. Yeah. And I think that there's a reason that the like, you know, capital L like liberal elite <laughs> sure. Broadway, Doug, dear Evan Hansen and kind of, threw away Spongebob and Groundhog Day. Yeah. And I think that uh, the worker is rising up. We have a fucking huge I'm, labor movement going on. I would say we're on the, we're recording this like right, we're recording this and it's going to be released right in the middle of uh, the IATSE strike. Possible IATSE yeah. strike, yeah. 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 And, um, and the, the, um, Oh goodness! I lost what my last little my last little bit was. You're good. What was I saying? The workers rising up. <laughs> yes. And uh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is an imperfect musical, but one that reminds us that We live in a society. We live in a society. We live in a society. Basically, so yeah. that, that the other people, that the people around us are real. And yeah. that yes. we, there's joy to, joy and meaning in cultivating those relationships. One thing mm -hmm. about my trans reading of this is that the second that um, his egg cracks, what does he do? Mutual aid. <laughs> All trans yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he just immediately is like, okay, <laughs> here, I bought y'all things. Starts redistributing as well. Mm -hmm. Robs a bank. Robs a bank. Robs a bank, baby. Mm -hmm. God, you're not. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Esther. I love right. this. I love this interpretation of this, truly. I'm not I good, very good. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I'm all, yeah. My, changing my opinion on the musical. I know. It's, you really are. It's, I, I do love when our guests can like sway, sway. All these, like, all mm -hmm. these make me rethink like this material. Uh -huh. I think that's wonderful. Um, for me, yeah. I'll say to end this off before we close, close things out, um, Groundhog Day, it's not the musical adaptation that I thought it would be. But I'm glad that we have it. I am. Sure. That's what. That's all I got. Um. Well, now, before before we close things out, Esther, of course, at the end of every episode of Movie the Musical, we ask our guests a very important question. So, Esther Fallock. Yes. If you could adapt any movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, 
What movie would you choose? Ben K. Bran Moorhead. I'm so glad you've asked me this question. I have an answer to this question that I have had in my brain for a very long time, and I'm so excited to share it today. As we know, musical theater and comedy are intertwined in our culture in a deep, deep way. Mm-hmm. And there comes a point in every major comedy icon's career when they take a stab at it. You know, Mel Brooks found his way to the stage. Monty Python did. Even the Sandman did. He sure did. Mm-hmm. With the wedding singer. Yeah. Who hasn't currently... <laughs> There's so many names, but one oh, name... Because I, I, I have an answer. <laughs> You're but... like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow is one of the major okay. comedic voices, and he hasn't done this. However... Sure. <clears throat> I'm not going with the traditional Apatow pick. So working backwards, he's got like, all his work has in some way been autobiographical and charting his, I'm giving such a long answer. Thank you. you No, I love love it. I love a good lead up. I love the suspense that's building. (laughs) All his work is semi-autobiographical, charting his position as like kind of a Jew nerd comedy nerd you know <laughs> like i'm jewish by the way when i say jew i mean it within, I'm, I'm with you jewish. i'm with you esther i yeah, promise okay. um we got like this is 40 working backwards you know we got knocked up about being like 25 and trying to get your life together mm-hmm. then before that we got undeclared freaks and geeks so we got college and then high school before freaks and geeks oh, no. in the mid 90s he produced for disney Heavyweights. Oh, he did. He did. Good choice. Sent at you know, sp- uh, set at Camp Hope, which is a you know, uh, to use the term. I don't know if a weight loss a, camp. A weight there loss camp, right? <clears throat> but what we learn is that this weight loss camp is no one ever actually loses any weight there it's just like a space where all of these Mm -hmm. kids with these atypical bodies can go and not feel alien for a summer you know and they have a whole community of their it's a queer community Mm -hmm. and then ben stiller buys the camp Mm -hmm. and tries to use it as you know, he's going to create this whole new diet plan and use it as like uh, an in, he's going to create an infomercial to like sell his diet plan and like use these people. Right. Um, but then the camp kind of comes together and they fight back against this person who wants to tell them that they are like less than yeah. for being mm-hmm. who they are. And they find strength in each other and they also have a whole lot of fun eating a lot of food, which like I grew up, I've always had issues with my, my body, you know, and I grew up very overweight and I found a lot of joy in that movie. I would rent it over and over because the politics of it, like it kind of holds up. 
it's all about like not letting people right. tell you that you, you're worth, you know, yeah, yeah. because of how your body looks. And there's like some amazing scenes where there's like basically these big food orgies and stuff that just mm-hmm. seem like they'd be really fun and funny. And imagine it's like, imagine if we had like newsies, but all of the bodies weren't like Broadway twins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ideally. You know? Yes. I love that. How awesome would that be? Very I really good. want to see Heavyweights the musical. That's a very Great. good choice. So, for, uh, okay. So Lunch first has been ask... canceled due to lack of hustle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you get to, yes. That's, that's the good role to play, though. I mean, he's a villainous uh, character, but so fun. Ben still is oh excellent in that. So role. I will say, Esther, first off, oh, so good. great answer. Great answer. Thank I you. will say, Thank you. there is already a musical about uh, a weight loss camp. It's called Gigantic. But I think, right. but I think there is enough specificity in Heavyweights as a film to make it distinct from this musical. Why can't there be two? Yeah, that show of Madcap. No, this it, is pretty Madcap. Screwball. I, th- I, I think this. I <laughs> think Heavyweights. Word. Heavyweights is a little bit more Madcap than Gigantic. So I think it would have that okay. in yeah. its corner. I, um, yeah, I, I haven't I, heard or seen Gigantic, but it gives me like you know it. like. Evan Hansen y vibes. Like, <laughs> sure. I'm okay. You know, like, <laughs> sure. Chill. I don't want to, I don't know. They're probably nice people who are on this show. Maybe, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I don't want to put, and I don't want to <laughs> put anything out there. Um, but Esther, that's a great choice. Um, no surprise coming from the, the the queen of turning movies into musicals already. Uh, Got a better pedigree than either of us. Yes. To be doing this show, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Um, thank you. What, first of all, Thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing. Um, it's wonderful. What what plugs? 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 What would you like to plug for our listeners here? Yes, it's yes. coming out Monday. This is one know, of our quickest com- turnarounds. This is coming out we've very soon. Whoa. Okay. Cool. Oh goodness. Okay, Monday. I'd love to <laughs> plug. <laughs> well, if you live in New York City, I host a monthly variety show slash thing swap where I like to feature some trans and non-binary performers and it's called heart of the city which is a reference to the matrix it's the hotel sure. where trinity uh-huh. kicks ass in, in the beginning hell yeah a and, real hotel and... in chicago oh i didn't realize that cool yeah. thank you for telling me that i like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> chicago has like a booming trans community yes yeah absolutely it's really I wonderful to, to be a part of. Yeah, you should. You gotta. Visit. Yeah. You gotta visit. I come to this show. Yes, I'll do. I'll. I should do the show there once. Oh yeah, now there's we're yeah a lot of lot of great venues that I think it would fit mm-hmm. well. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. let us know whenever you want to do that. So it's the first Thursday of every month, and if you live in New York City, I'd love to see you there. Um. What else? You can follow me on all the social at at Esther Fallick. That's Fallick with an F. Um, not a PH. <laughs> my joke in my stand-up is like, my name is Esther Fallick, and I'm going to keep it because it reminds me where I came from. <laughs> well. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Oh, fantastic. I, other than that, I'm about to be in a musical what? with the Tin Can Brothers, who are an offshoot of Starkid. Cool. Okay. And the musical is called This Could Be on Broadway, and it's about... It's about a high school doing, uh, this keeps coming up, doing The Matrix the Musical. 
And wow. uh, the first act is the callbacks, and then the second okay. act is the cast party, and I play Cole, who this is my first time ever playing a woman in a show, and I'm so excited. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Uh, we'll, we'll put all the links in all the places. We'll push it out. Um, thank you again, Esther. Again, stand by my statements. She is one of the funniest people I know oh, and is great. Um, I want to thank uh, Brand Moorhead for producing and editing this show deep in the mysterious Ozarks location <laughs> that they are right now. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, review us, and subscribe for future episodes. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Movie the Musical. Like we said before, if you want to support the podcast, get some bonus content, hear us really bash Dear Evan Hansen, go to patreon.com slash musical and consider becoming a monthly member. And as a reminder, Friday, November 19th at Davenport's Piano Bar and Cabaret in Chicago, we are doing Movie the Musical the Cabaret. Uh, you can see Bran and myself and special guests sing songs from previous shows covered on this podcast. Uh, we're giving away prizes. We're giving away theatrical memorabilia um it's going to be a ridiculous time that is our show keep on singing uh what else can i say but 